Zephaniah chapter 1, verses 1 through 6. The word of the Lord that came to Zephaniah, the son of Cushai, son of Gedaliah, son of Amariah, son of Hezekiah, in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah. I will utterly sweep away everything from the face of the earth, declares the Lord. I will sweep away man and beast. I will sweep away the birds of the heavens and the fish of the sea and the rubble with the wicked. I will cut off mankind from the face of the earth, declares the Lord. I will stretch out my hand against Judah and against all the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And I will cut off from this place the remnant of Baal and the name of the idolatrous priests along with the priests, those who bow down on the roofs to the hosts of heaven. Those who bow down and swear to the Lord and yet swear by Milcom, those who have turned their back from following the Lord, who do not seek the Lord or inquire of him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A nice cheery greeting from I, Zephaniah. I know. It is like, okay, gloves off. I will utterly sweep away everything. Will and I have been away for a while and we come back. <laughs> To uh, just a warm, a warm cup of Zephaniah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a like, nice welcome, Matt. I, I will, will <laughs> utterly sweep away everything from the face of the earth. Uh, hey, Hezekiah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love it. Uh, so yeah, so jumping into the book of Zephaniah, a great book. Yeah, there may be listeners out there that are like, "Wait, are you talking about Zechariah? No. Nope. Like, what are you talking about? Is that a book of the Bible? Yes, Zephaniah is a book of the Bible." And it's only what three three chapters long, or is it more? Yeah, three. It's three chapters long, and so it's one of these small little books at the end of the Old Testament, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting because, you know, the Old Testament and the way it's arranged can actually be extremely confusing. Yeah, it's kind of misleading. It it is a little misleading, and so I want to take a minute just to just to think through how the Old Testament is structured. So that we understand what's going on, because oftentimes, I mean, I remember as a younger, probably in high school or so, like reading through the Old Testament, and you would have this narrative, and then all these, yeah. all these prophets, and it was like, what are they saying? Yeah. It's always just like judgment against everybody or whatever. <laughs> and so, uh, but basically, what the Old Testament does is is it includes the narrative sections in the first, and so from Genesis all the way to to. Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther. And so in there you have like first and second Chronicles, first and second Kings. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's where like after David has become King and you have all these, uh, you know, succession of Kings after him, uh, you have the history of Israel going on. And so all of these prophets, what we call the major prophets and the minor prophets, the major prophets are like the big books, like Isaiah and Jeremiah. And then the minor prophets are these guys like Zephaniah and Habakkuk and Zechariah and Micah, Nahum, these type guys. And so what, what happens is all of these major and minor prophets, they fit back into the narrative. Mm -hmm. And so you have to like, you, you have to do a little mental gymnastics when you're reading these to say, okay, a guy like Zephaniah, I mean, it, it says it in the in the first verse that he's serving in the days of Josiah. Josiah was one of the kings of Israel. Uh, well, when we say Israel, Israel was always split into two, or after, after Solomon was split into two kingdoms, and the southern kingdom was Judah. And so Josiah was one of the southern kingdom's kings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And he was towards the end when they're about to go into exile. Yeah. Um, and so, so these books kind of fit back into the narrative. And so you have to take Zephaniah and you have to kind of like cut it out in your mind and stick it back into second Kings. Yeah. And, and that's, that's where it, that's where it's place is. And when you do that, the book starts to make a lot more sense Yeah, absolutely. because right here in chapter uh, one in, in the, in the verses that you just read, you know, it's talking about this judgment that's coming against Judah and against Jerusalem. Like where he says in uh, verse four, he says, I will stretch out my hand against Judah and against all the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And so the reason that, uh, you know, God is giving this uh, word of judgment against Judah and Jerusalem is basically because Judah and Jerusalem have just had a a number of terrible kings, mm-hmm. and, and it, it it's kind of the it's almost at this boiling point, mm-hmm. um, and then there's like one more good king at the end, mm-hmm. Josiah. And so he's he actually does a lot of good reforms in Israel to kind of like bring the people back to the Lord. And yet, uh, you know, towards the end there, and then his, you know, the king that takes over after him kind of takes it down even further until Babylon comes in and the Lord uses like another nation to come in and take over Israel. And yeah. so it, it seems like this is the judgment that is kind of being you know, proclaimed over Judah and Jerusalem at yeah. that time. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, so Zephaniah, he he kind of traces his lineage back to uh, Hezekiah and that, you know, it's not total certainty, but a lot of, you know, people think that that is King Hezekiah. So Zephaniah may or may not be a part of this, like, royal lineage. Right. And um, he's also likely in Jerusalem, while he was prophesying against it from other clues throughout the text. And so really he's kind of on the pinpoint of the needle of everything that's going on as this sort of these prophecies begin to unfold. And he, he comes out the gate with some, some great strong words. I'll sweep (laughs) away everything. Yeah. Obviously the word of the Lord speaking. Right. Um, and you know, it, it's you get this sense that there's some like prophetic hyperbole because it, mm. you know it's God saying He's gonna sweep away like the fish and the birds and right. man and beasts and like the earth is gonna kind of like be this big barren rock again. Um, so yeah, what do you what do you kind of make of this this idea this big event that uh, you know Zephaniah is known for being all about the day of the Lord, right. which is all throughout scripture. Um, but it, it's not, you know, I think growing up, I would hear the day of the Lord and be like, Oh, the day of the Lord. Yeah. Um, but really in the old Testament, when you hear the day of the Lord, it's like, Ooh, the day yeah. of the Lord. Like it's like, it's a very glo- uh, gloomy, dark, you know, thing right. that's coming. So yeah. What do you, what do you kind of make? Of yeah. That? So the, so the day of the Lord, I, there is like two sides to that coin. And mm-hmm. I feel like the side that always gets brought out is this very gloomy, dark mm-hmm. day of the Lord. You know, the wrath of God is coming against. Sure. Uh, but there is like the very positive side to the day of the Lord, because all those who have been redeemed by the Lord will rejoice in the day of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Like it will be an amazing time. Yeah. Um, and so, and, and it's, I mean, and I think that's, 
part of why the Lord gives us books like Zephaniah so that we'll have a wake up call as well to say the day of the Lord for us is even coming out in the future, Mm -hmm. you know, get your life right. Like, you know, turn back to the Lord. So it's kind of interesting here in, in verses, uh, five and six, well, really four, five, and six, where he says, I'll stretch out my hand against Judah, against all the inhabitants of Jerusalem. So the judgment is coming against Judah and Jerusalem. And you, I mean, just so we're clear, like Jerusalem is the capital and Judah is like the territory, yeah. if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, and, and so, but it's one in the same. Judah and Jerusalem are one in the same. Yep. And, um, and then it says, you know, I'll cut off from this place, the remnant of Baal and the name of the idolatrous priests, along with the priests, those who bow down on the roofs to the host of the, uh, of the heaven. So it's, it's basically saying that the inhabitants of Judah are, are bowing the knee to foreign gods. Mm-hmm. And it says it very explicitly in verse six, that those who have turned back from following the Lord, who do not seek the Lord or inquire him. Uh, and so this is, these are, this is why the Lord is bringing about judgment because people have turned to these foreign gods. They're worshiping, uh, something other than the Lord, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the name here is always, uh, Yahweh, like the divine name that is used here. And so, uh, turning away from the Lord and obviously turning to other gods and not seeking the Lord or inquiring of him at all. And yeah. when this happens, you know, there is a day of the Lord that's coming and so this this day of the Lord thing, it's it's kind of one of those. Um, there there are ways that you can d- describe it very specifically, but it's also got this general mm-hmm. sense as well. Yeah. Um. So so the day of the Lord in in Zephaniah's day is is going to come when the Babylonians march into uh, Jerusalem and yeah. destroy the temple. They destroy the king's palace. And they take the people of Israel into captivity, mm-hmm. and so that's the exile that happens uh, with the people going out of out of J- Judah, out of Israel, yeah. into into Babylon. And so there's that day of the Lord, but there's also like other days of the Lord that that the Old Testament seems to talk about. It seems to talk about the day of the Lord as as kind of this this anointed one or this chosen one that's going to come whom we know as Mm -hmm. Jesus who is Israel's Messiah. And so that's kind of like another day of the Lord that's coming. Mm -hmm. And then the ultimate, which, you know, you said earlier, like verse two is kind of this, uh, prophetic hyperbole. Mm -hmm. And, and I would, I would agree. I mean, I think that's a good way to put it, but in the end, like in the end times, yeah. what we're, you know, we're kind of what, what is called the times in between. It's in between the first coming of Jesus and the second coming of Jesus. So in the second coming of Jesus, I mean, we will see this prophetic hyperbole probably in a very literal sense. I mean, mm-hmm. that seems to be what the book of Revelation talks about just with this judgment of God that's going to come and, and this, this wrath of God that's going to be poured out on the earth. I mean, again, for those of us who are redeemed, for those of us who have surrendered our lives to Jesus, like it'll it'll be a wonderful day. But for those who have not, it'll it'll be a day of judgment and really, you know, terrible day. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, you know, to that point with the the day of the Lord, like in, in prophetic scripture, especially, the word of the Lord is often so multi-dimensional. Yeah. And so I think a lot of the times. You know, when we're reading about the day of the Lord, it's easy to say like, okay, well, is he talking about the fall of Jerusalem or like the death and resurrection of Christ or, you know, the second coming of Christ, which day the Lord is is talking about. And I think 
you, you can kind of say like the answer is yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, like yeah. it's right. It's like this huge, you know, uh, I've used this image some lately in other contexts, but it's like a mountain range where when it's on the horizon, it kind of just like all looks like one big unit. Right. Um, but really like when you're on a mountain, you see like the next one is, you know, tens or hundreds of miles away. Right. And, and there's mm-hmm. all this, you know, actual kind of unique, I guess, character and identity within yeah. different dimensions of it. And so mm-hmm. very complicated. Um, yeah. But it is cool because I think what we're going to see ultimately is that there's a big cross-shaped hole in mm. the middle of the book that mm. between this really dark language where, you know, the the Hebrew word for man and mankind that's used here when he says, I'll sweep away a man and beast and I'll cut off mankind from the face of the earth. That's that's Adam, mm-hmm. aka Adam, yep. which is just man. Right. And, and, and so he, it's starting here, you know, just as we like, look forward in the book it's starting with god saying he's going to cut off mankind in general from the face of the earth and then it's gonna end with this amazing passage in zephaniah 3 where god says that he's gonna gather his people together from the corners of the earth and that Mm. they're gonna rejoice in his forgiveness and that he's singing over them yeah and and, uh, the book really just puts you at this loss of like okay what you know what is this like mysterious day of the lord and how do we get from point a to point b and i think right. it's really going to point us to the cross right so, absolutely no yeah. those are great thoughts well we got a lot of a lot of good stuff to come in the book of zephaniah looking forward to it so for will carlisle i'm barrett fisher <laughs> give it another try so for will carlisle <laughs> i'm barrett fisher <laughs> thanks for listening to our daily rhythm I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.